Chapter Six of A Fair Barbarian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Newton, A Fair Barbarian, by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Chapter Six: Accidental. When dinner was over. Lady Theobald rose and proceeded to the drawing-room, Lucia following in her wake. From her very babyhood, Lucia had disliked the drawing-room, which was an imposing apartment of great length and height, containing much massive furniture upholstered in faded blue satin. All the girl's evening since her fifth year, had been spent sitting opposite her grandmother in one of the straightest of the blue chairs. All the most scathing reproof she had received had been administered to her at such times. She had a secret theory, indeed, that all unpleasant things occurred in the drawing-room after dinner. Just as they had seated themselves, and Lady Theobald was on the point of drawing toward her the little basket containing the grey woolen mittens she made a duty of employing herself by knitting each evening, Dobson, the coachman, in his character of footman, threw open the door and announced a visitor. Captain Barold! Lady Theobald dropped her grey mitten, the steel needles falling upon the table with a clink. She rose to her feet at once and met halfway the young man who had entered. My dear Francis, she remarked, I am exceedingly glad to see you at last, with a slight emphasis upon the at last. Thanks, said Captain Barold, rather languidly. You are very good, I'm sure. Then he glanced at Lucia, and Lady Theobald addressed her. Lucia, she said, this is Francis Barold, who is your cousin. Captain Barold shook hands feebly. I have been trying to find out um, whether it is third or fourth. This is third, said Milady. Lucia had never seen her display such cordiality to anybody, but Captain Francis Barrel did not seem much impressed by it. It struck Lucia that he would not be likely to be impressed by anything. He seated himself near her grandmother's chair and proceeded to explain his presence on the spot without exhibiting much interest even in his own relation of facts. I promised the Rasmunds that I would spend a week at their place, and Slowbridge was on the way, so it occurred to me I would drop off in passing. The Rasmund's place, Broadoaks, is about ten miles further on, not far, you see. Then, 
said Lady Theobald. I am to understand that your visit is accidental. Captain Barold was not embarrassed. He did not attempt to avoid her ladyship's rather stern eye as he made his cool reply. Well, yes, he said. I beg pardon, but it is accidental, rather. Lucia gave him a pretty frightened look, as if she felt that after such an audacious confession, something very serious must happen. But nothing serious happened at all. Singularly enough, it was Lady Theobald herself who looked ill at this, and as though she had not been prepared for such a contingency. During the whole of the evening, in fact, it was always Lady Theobald who was placed at a disadvantage, Lucia discovered. She could hardly realize the fact at first, but before an hour had passed, its truth was forced upon her. Captain Barold was a very striking-looking man upon the whole. He was large, gracefully built, and fair. His eyes were grey, and noticeable for the coldness of their expression. His features regular and aquiline, his movements lazily. As he conversed with her grandmother, Lucia wondered at him privately. It seemed to her innocent mind that he had been everywhere and seen everything and everybody without caring for or enjoying his privileges. The truth was that he had seen and experienced a great deal too much. As an only child, the heir to a large property and a prospective to one of the oldest titles in the country, he had exhausted life early. He saw in Lady Theobald not the imposing head and social front of Slowbridge social life, the power who rewarded it with approval and punished with a frown, but a tiresome, pretentious old woman whom his mother had asked him for some feminine reason to visit. She felt she had a claim upon us, Francis, she had said appealingly. Well, he remarked, that is rather juiced, cool, isn't it? We have people enough on our hands without cultivating Slowbridge, you know. His mother sighed faintly. It is true we have great many people to consider, but I wish you would do it, my dear. She did not say anything at all about Lucia. Above all, she did not mention that a year ago she herself had spent two or three days at Slowbridge and had been charmed beyond measure by the girl's innocent freshness, and that she had said rather absently to Lady Theobald. What a charming wife Lucia would make for a man to whom gentleness and a yielding disposition were necessary. We do not find such girls in society nowadays, my dear Lady Theobald. 
it is very difficult of late years to find a girl who is not spoken of as fast and who is not disposed to take the reins in her own hands our young men are flattered and courted until they become a little dictatorian and our girls are spoiled at home and the result is a great deal of domestic unhappiness afterward and even a great deal of scandal which is dreadful to contemplate i cannot help feeling the greatest anxiety in secret concerning francis young men so seldom consider these matters until it is too late girls are not trained as they were in my young days or even in yours said lady theobald they are allowed too much liberty lucia had been brought up immediately under my own eye i feel that it is fortunate remarked mrs barold quite incidentally that francis need not make a point of money for a few moments lady theobald did not respond but afterward in the course of the conversation which followed she made an observation which was of course purely accidental if lucia makes a marriage which pleases her great-uncle old mr dugal binney of glasgow she will be a very fortunate girl he has intimated in his eccentric fashion that his immense fortune will either be hers or will be spent in building charitable asylums of various kinds he is a remarkable and singular man when captain beryl had entered his distinguished relative's drawing-room he had not regarded his third cousin with a very great deal of interest he has seen too many beauties in his thirty years to be greatly moved by the sight of one and here was only a girl who had soft eyes and looked young for her age and who wore an ugly muslin gown that most girls could not have carried off at all you have spent the greater part of your life in slowbridge he condescended to say in the course of the evening i have lived here always lucia answered i have never been away more than a week at a time ah oh? interrogatively i hope you have not found it dull no smiling a little not very you see i have known nothing gayer there is society enough of a harmless kind here spoke of lady theobald virtuously i do not approve of a round of gaieties for young people it unfits them for the duties of life but captain baron was not as favourably impressed by these remarks as might have been anticipated what an old fool she is was his polite inward comment and he resolved at once to make his visit as brief as possible and not to be induced to run down again during his stay at broad oaks 
he did not even take the trouble to appear to enjoy his evening. From his earliest infancy, he had always found it easier to please himself than to please other people. In fact, the world had devoted itself to endeavouring to please him and win his toleration, we may say, instead of admiration, since it could not hope for the latter. At home, he had been adored rapturously by a large circle of affectionate male and female relatives. At school, his tutors had been singularly indulgent of his faults and admiring of his talents. Even among his fellow pupils, he had been a sort of autocrat. Why not, indeed? with such birthrights and such prospects when he had entered society he had met with even more amiable treatment from affectionate mothers from innocent daughters from cordial paternal parents who voted him an exceedingly fine fellow why should he bore himself by taking the trouble to seem pleased by a stupid evening with an old grenadier in petticoats and a badly dressed country girl? Lucia was very glad when, in answer to a timidly appealing glance, Lady Theobald said, It is half past ten. You may wish us good night, Lucia. Lucia obeyed as if she had been half past ten herself instead of nearly twenty and barold was not long in following her example dobson led him to a stately chamber at the top of the staircase and left him there the captain chose the largest and most luxurious chair sat down in it and lighted a cigar at his laser confoundedly stupid hole he said with a refined vigour one would scarcely have expected from an individual of his birth and breeding i shall live to-morrow of course what was my mother thinking of stupid business from first to last End of chapter six